Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Welcome to Great Minds, the wine-centric podcast that looks beyond the glass to the much more interesting world of the people, history, and culture that make it happen. I'm Julie Glenn. And I'm Gina Birch. And today we're talking pop culture. More than beautiful, dreamy, historic culture that we have. And when we're talking about wine and, and, and this beloved beverage, making it happen in the chateaus. I mean, yeah. no, we're talking... Uh, Let's like Marilyn Monroe kind of stuff. Yeah, Marilyn Merlot, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Yeah, we're talking about trends. Uh, some good, some bad. All have their own particular mm-hmm. packaging and niche in mind uh, because, like it or not, as romantic as wine is and as beautiful and historically significant as it is, it's also a commodity and there's business behind it. Yeah, and you know, there's even an annual conference in Napa, Napa Valley, that focuses only on the packaging of wine. And this year it's in Yontville, I believe it's in August, and it's called. Wines and Vines Packaging Conference. <laughs> so every year they have uh, they, they give awards for various categories. They've got classic formats and luxury packaging and design and alternative format design. And um, this does include cans and boxes. Cans and boxes being the yeah, alternative yeah. packages. And the best redesign last year went to Sterling. Yeah, so they kind of updated their packaging and yeah, labeling and got an award for it. <laughs> then there's a People's Choice one and stuff mm-hmm. like that. One that I used to sell a long time ago, and people would get on a wait list to make sure that they could get this. And it wasn't because the wine was great. And I'm not saying it was bad, but it was the Marilyn Merlot. Yeah. That became a collector's item. It's It was every year they would look forward to the release of what the Marilyn Merlot label was going to look like. And it was it's always beautiful because it's Marilyn Merlot. Yeah. Merlot. You can't – she can't look bad. And the winemakers got a licensing deal with her estate – to actually use the to recreate the images of some of the most iconic photos of her, and then some lesser known ones as well. Yeah, and and the, so this one started like in the early '80s, and uh, I, we looked on the website before we came in today, Gina, and we both about spit our teeth. Oh my out. gosh, I got to get this one. The Marilyn Merlot Vertical from 1985. Oh, not that. I was thinking of something else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 19, 1985 to 1996. A vertical meaning you know a bottle from each of of the vintages yeah. there. Give us the price. This is why I said, oh, no, I, I don't have to get that because it's, <laughs> it's like buying a new car. It's, it's $16,500 for yeah. that collection. That's a lot of money. It is insane. Now, the one that I saw that I was really just loved uh, the packaging on is the rosé. Yeah, they have new ones. They have like a new secondary line that's uh-huh. not the original iconic one, and it, it looks great. It, it's, it, it's got so her cute. spinning around in one of those pink dresses, and it's just – it's so Marilyn, and it's so rosé looking for a label. It just makes me want to drink it. I have it's a, great packaging. I've got a friend. You know, that I have Mm -hmm. to get that for. She loves Marilyn Monroe. So in the history part on their website, Mm -hmm. it's so great. And this kind of is the nut of what we're talking about today. Um, The real spark came from an unlikely source in the form of criticism by a Los Angeles Time columnist who wrote, Can you believe this? There's a group in Napa Valley using the image of an unfortunate substance abuser to sell wine. 
So the owner of the winery says, you know, the next day a professional photographer called asking for bottles for a shoot. A photo appeared in Life magazine first and then in other magazines and newspapers around the world. A wine star was born, they wrote on their website. That column proved the old adage that any publicity is good publicity. Holder quips. Yeah. As of 1997, the holders, they went away from getting bulk wine to purchasing actual grapes. And the wine is made at the Napa Wine Company in Oakville, California. Last time I tried it, which very rarely do people actually let you even open a bottle of this. Right. Because, you know. They collect them. Yeah. And and, uh, so it, it was good. It was good. It was Merlot. It was, right. I'm not going to say it was like the best one I've ever had, but it was definitely not the worst one I've ever had. But it's so funny because that packaging can be such a turn off for mm-hmm. some people and such a turn on for other people. I mean, right. not because it's Marilyn Monroe, but like cute, quirky packaging can really make it happen for someone. You judge things by the packaging. You know, you, we judge a book by the cover when we're looking, when we go to a grocery store shelf or liquor store shelf, and there are hundreds and hundreds of bottles and you want to pick a Merlot. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Marilyn might be looks kind of cheesy. You know, it's cool label, but is it really good? Meeker Handprint. That's a great. That's you know, a great Merlot. It's a great Merlot, but it looks like you know it, it, what. What they do is they dip their hand in paint and slap it on the bottle several times. So it looks like a, an art project from a five year old. It does. It's really it's, cool. But people love it, and it's good. And the wine is good. It's really good. Stuff. In that situation, the wine is definitely nothing yeah. to sneeze at. Exactly. Um, canned wines. Canned wines are happening. People are into that. I just something about drinking wine out of a can, and we're going to have to do a show about this. Let's do yeah, a show. Yeah, I'm actually collecting some canned wines. Let's get some right cans now, together so, yeah. and some uh, some box wines, and we mm-hmm. should check out what we think of these things. Because yeah. in Europe, canned wines were the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not. I'm sorry, not canned. Boxed wines. Did I say boxed wines? No, you said canned. But I meant to say box. Because... Box wines are totally going on over in Northern yes. Europe specifically, and they're great. But they have better wines that they're putting in box wines to sell there. Right. And it's meant for consumption, not aging and storage. Yeah. Oh, definitely you know, not. You, you drink them. and. But I feel like in the United States, they've been stepping up the quality of what they're putting in box wines. They have been. And, and I did a, a taste test once for a story I was writing where I put um, – uh, I put a boxed wine next to a bottle. I went and bought them, and I put little pieces of tape on the bottom of glasses, and I filled filled each one. And I, only I knew which was the box and bottle. And people was it the same tell. brand? Same same brand, same exact thing. Initially, when it was first poured, you could taste a little bit of a difference. You know, the aromatics were a little different. But as it sat, they they tasted the same. So really? the box did not compromise. In my limited one test experiment, did not compromise the wines that I tried. I think that's a comprehensive study. Yeah, really. Let's so go ahead and call too. it that. That is scientific. <laughs> that is pure science right there. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, okay. So the other day, I was in the grocery store. I saw this wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that I remember the name of it, but you would definitely remember it by the look. It, ha- it looked like it had been dipped in wax, you know, mm-hmm. so like most of the bottle was covered in wax a la Belle Gloss Pinot Noir right. kind of situation. But it was a black wax hmm. and it was a white wine and a rosé wine. Okay. And they were sitting next to each other. And it was buy one, get one free. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I quote. I can hear the conversation I am head. not getting sucked in to buying a buy one, get a one free because it's on sale and because it has cute packaging. I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. And so I pick it up. Yeah, I was going to say. I bought it. <laughs> I did. I did. Because you know what? I was you know, I had a preconceived notion that it was not gonna be that good. And because of the clever packaging. Mm-hmm. Right? It had a very simple, you know, art- artistically simple, you know, modernist style label. And I thought, okay, this is just not gonna be good. This is a gimmick, eh, you know, how I thought. And then I'm like, but it's buy one, get one. It was nineteen ninety nine. So okay. I, So I'm you're like, out ten bucks if it's Yeah. And I felt like, you know, 
when they if one of them was bad i'd never seen this wine around so this is a new introduction so the fact mm-hmm. that it's buy one get one isn't because it's going to be poor quality it's because they're trying to get it out in front of people and get that packaging sure. in front of as many eyeballs as they can so I thought, well, maybe because of that pricing and because it's new in the market, it probably will be good. So this is how I rationalized. Okay. <laughs> and I got them both. And the white was a Pinot Gris, and it was mm-hmm. good. The red, uh, the red, the um, rosé, to this day, I have no idea what was in it. I'm not really sure. <laughs> it didn't list it on the back? No, it was not really incredibly clear, but they did have some kind of a um, nod to the uh, historical significance of traditional, wonderful somethingness on the back. And was it any good? I can't say that I loved the rosé. The rosé right. was a little on the sweet side, but the mm-hmm. Pinot Gris, I did like. And I would get the Pinot Gris again. Okay. I would just not get the rosé again, but that's because of my taste. Some people may love it. It's a little bit more on the sweet side than mm-hmm. what I would like. So, yeah, that was that was great. That was it. And I don't know if they're trying to appeal to people who may have had Belle Gloss before because it's Maybe. a different price point for sure. Well, it definitely stands out. And um, I see you've made another purchase. You have a bottle in here today. What Tell us tell us that we can't see. We'll take a picture and put it on the website and our Facebook page so you can see what it is. This is another one where I initially It looks like a mixer. It does. It's got a a crown. It's got a screw cap. Screw cap, yep. And it looks just like a liter. Is it a liter bottle? It's actually a 40 ounce. (laughs) For real, it's called 40 ounce. Where's the brown paper bag? Come on, let's put it in there and drink out of it. I really should probably have put it in Okay, so it's called 40 ounce rosé. French wine. Mm-hmm. 2017, nice and fresh. Okay, so that's good. Um, and so that that'll be a liter. It is one liter. Which, um, speaking of liters, Austrian mm-hmm. wines tend to come in. They mm-hmm. have a lot of uh, Gruner Veltliner in uh, in liter size bottles, which I do appreciate. That 250 milliliters really stretches it. I saw a lot of that in Croatia too. A yeah. lot of them in the in the liter bottles. That's why they, I think for your everyday wine, why not? These are people who, you know, understand the value of getting a larger format. <laughs> I don't know if they're going all the way to the three liter Carlo Rossi action. No. But, um, yeah, so the the one liter is great because you have more to share with more people, mm-hmm. you know, instead of having to open two bottles. And So, anyway, this is the 40-ounce rosé. This is kind of uh, an on-trend thing. It's definitely trying to market to the millennial market. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a rosé wine, Vin de France. It does not indicate exactly where it comes from. We don't know from. what the grapes are in it either. Uh, no. Okay. No, but I could look that up if I wanted to. But the thing is, I walked by this once and said, "Oh, come on, are you kidding me?" And then I walked by it again. and was like, "Okay, I'll just get it to rose. try." That is the name of it. If you're wondering, forty it ounce really rose. is. Crack that. Crack that seal. Let's crack the. Uh, so we're gonna test this out. Hang on. There it is. Okay. I'll pour yours first. Okay. <laughs> just because that's Thanks. how generous I am. You're so kind. That's Thank because you. I care. Yeah. It's a great sound, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. It smells like rosé. Rosé does have a definite aroma. Yeah. And and, and French, you know. This. Yeah, it does have a little bit of that. I want to say dusty rose, but that's a description mm. of a color. <laughs> <laughs> well, it All can right. smell like a dusty rose, too, can't it? <clears throat> and, so, the, and the color is kind of salmon-ish. I'm kind of going towards <laughs> thinking this might be a, 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 a Grenache. I was thinking that, too. Grenache Syrah, Medvedra kind of dude. Probably from Provence. What do you think over there? You took your first sip. Mm-hmm. I like how it smells. Mm-hmm. I'm liking the smell. It's tart. Acidic. It's tart. You're like, it's tart. It's pretty tart. <laughs> you look like you're in pain. Were you not ready for that? I was not. <laughs> Were you expecting it to it be sweeter? It is my first sip of the day. Well, yes, and it is 9.30 in the morning. Yeah, so I, I'm I, just sh- kidding. I should have swished and spit the first one and then, then actually... Um, 
Yeah, I was expecting a little a different kind of fruit, I guess. Well, this is not sweet. No, not at all. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want food with this. This is not a pool. This is not a porch pounding rosé. Yeah, it's got that acidity to cut through. This like has got a, a cheese lot of plate. acidity. You know, see, that's what's been bugging me about. Yeah, cheese would be great. But what's bugging me about rosé is everybody's on this bandwagon now. And like the one that I had that was the buy one, get one. And I'm really sorry to the producers of that because I'm sure that there's an audience for that sweeter type of rosé. Mm-hmm. But we, t- we, we fought for years in the market, uh, the wine market, trying to get people to realize that rosé is not sweet. Rosé is not white Zinfandel. Rosé is not white Zinfandel. I mean, we were right. just – remember? It was like yes. an uphill – climbing uphill with your nails only in, in mud and rocks. And it, it was really difficult to convince people to even put a dry rosé on their wine list. Exactly. I mean, as little as five years ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were having this fight. Now, everybody and their dog has a rosé on their wine list. And if they don't, they should. There are end caps. There are more than one end cap completely populated with rosé wine in Whole Foods, for example. Everybody's on this bandwagon, but the problem is it's just you don't – I'm nervous that they're going to do what happens with a lot of wines and overproduce and make it cheesy, make it sweet. With the Sanier, that's exactly what they do. The bleed off, you know, the, the, it's a lot of rosés are byproduct of a red wine, and you can taste the difference. I recently tried another rosé from, and it was from Languedoc, um, and it was in a liter bottle, and it was called uh, Rosé Aurore. Aurore, I think it was Aurore. Aurore. Oh, look, yeah. they have a red. I found no, it on the. No, list. it was a Cote Moss. Cote Moss, and. Um, and it had a kind of a, a fun label, and I totally judged it like you did too. And I thought this is going to be um, horrible, but I opened and everybody loved it. And that one was a porch pounder. That one was more had a little more uh, fruit in it. And gosh, we, I could have con- uh, consumed that all day. It was like a berry pie. Oh, really? Not sweet pie, but just like that that sweet you know those berries. Rhubarb? Are you oh, going yeah. rhubarb here? And it was good. Um, okay, so I looked it up online. Right. The appellation is Vin de France Rosé. Whatever. That's I don't... not an appellation, okay, though. That's what but, it says yeah. in their okay. listing here. Um, <laughs> that means it could, the grapes could come from anywhere in France. <laughs> it says the grapes come from Muscadet and Touraine. So those are the regions that it came from. Okay. Uh, the grape varietals are 53% Gamay, 33% Merlot, 10% Cab Franc, and 4% Pinot Donise. Okay. Alcohol content, 12.5%. Size, 33.82 fluid ounces. Nice. Well, then that's not 40 ounces. Hmm. I feel like Clever you. packaging. <laughs> I um, want my money back. <laughs> we abide by sustainable growing practices and work the soils to increase biodiversity and aeration. We pay careful attention to the terroir to prevent the unsustainable use of pesticides. So that's kind of nice. And how much was this one? I think it was seventeen ninety nine. Okay, because the one I was talking about, the uh, the Cote Moss, mm-hmm. was eleven dollars, and it was in a screw cap as well, and it was in a liter bottle. So it's very interesting that maybe we'll be seeing some more of this on the market from France. Yeah, it's interesting that France is um, definitely not as stuffy as may have been the case in the past. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're. Um, I don't know if these are widely distributed yet, but it looks like they're trying to blaze a trail with the rosé. They also have a muscadet, a white, and a red coming out. Okay. So, yeah, well, it's interesting. So we tried it. We tried it. And here's one that I'm, I'm not going to say that we should try. There's one that's been going around on Twitter. Um, I can't. The name of it is Capriccio or something like that, um, which means a little troublemaker in Italian, actually. But it's mm-hmm. a sangria. Have you seen this on Twitter? I have not. People are talking about don't drink this because you are going to black out. I mean, just oh, going really? on and on. And there are some wines and some not wines as a wine product. Um, there are some things that trend because of the promise of that 
kind of recklessness. It's almost uh-huh. like a dare, right? That some people take. I mean, one person tweeted. So, so, the, so then that's a really good marketing campaign from someone to get them to buy it to see what's so so. But the naughty thing, about it? It's only 13.8% alcohol in this no. stuff. But everybody's acting like it's a big deal. Of course, it's like probably 100% sugar too, yeah. like liquefied sugar. Um, and I don't know what kind of impact that ends up having. But it's just kind of – those are the things that are making things sell to certain segments of society. And I, I just don't know. We can't have anything nice. You know, <laughs> we just can't. <laughs> There's another um, another rosé from like uh, – it's called Show, And it has a flat – Front, mm-hmm. round, bo- the back is round, <laughs> a flat front, and it's engraved and it comes in a, it has a glass stopper. I love and glass And it's a stoppers. really cool looking bottle. It's a different design. So the whole bottle is designed differently because you, it's not completely round. And what they are, a new marketing ploy that they're uh, about to launch is to put the, the engraving, the, uh, the, the color of the label, which is engraved in the, bo- etched in the bottle in different colors. No. So they're going to have a yellow, a blue, a white. So they're hoping that you will collect those bottles and fill it with after you drink it, you fill it with olive oil, fill it with water, reuse the bottle, recycle the bottle and um, and have a, a nice collection of all the different colors. That's what's kind of cool about these kinds of wines that you're supposed to consume pretty young. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to age a rosé no. like this 40 ounce 2017 and 2019 is probably not going to be. No. The greatest in the world. Um, But the thing that's fun about those, these quick consumption kind of wines that are not supposed to lay down an age, is that they can be fun and creative with the labels. Right. That used to be kind of the exclusive territory of um, Beaujolais Nouveau, which had the crazy labels. Mm -hmm. That was like their thing. But now it's actually the bottles themselves that are getting creative. And like this particular wine, it's... uh, it looks like a 40-ounce uh, – like if you turn it around, you wouldn't be surprised if it had a, a Miller logo on right. the label. Totally. You know, It looks – Because as a gold twist off like a, like a beer. <laughs> but I think it's trying to be ironic, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, hipsters wearing beards and stuff like that and trying to be cool no, it, in that way. it's totally who I, I would think that the marketing geniuses behind it were, were trying to attract. Yeah. And they'll attract them. And I think they might keep them with this particular – the contents of this bottle. Once they – once the – the buyer of this might be expecting something sweeter. Yeah, like I was. Yeah. I went in with an expectation of a false expectation, which it, I should know better at this age in my I know. In this stage in my career. I know, and I should too, but I mean it's just really hard not to have those preconceived mm-hmm. notions about the way things are packaged and what you think you're going to find on the inside. But I'm kind of going to give some kudos here because I expected it to be sweet mm-hmm. and cloying to right. the I population and I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, just a, a flash in the pan kind of thing, but it's actually pretty good. It's got some good acidity to it, and um, I would actually recommend that to people, especially with maybe some salmon or like a niçoise salad or something like that. Yeah, you know? I, I, I want cheese. Well, cheese Just is always – Just give me some cheese right now. Cheese is always good. <laughs> Do you have any in your purse? Cheese goes with <laughs> cheesy packaging. It's wonderful. <laughs> I think that's why you went for cheese because it's yes, kind of cheesy. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, well, that's it for uh, this week's wine podcast. It's about packaging and about uh, not thinking that you know what's going to be in there just based on what it looks like on the outside. I think we've learned our lesson today. Yeah, and stay tuned for the canned wine episode. I'm going to make that happen. Okay. And can I bring in some box wine? Oh, yeah. Okay. Please, by all means. All right. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers are for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Richard Chinqui. Great Minds theme music for Zante by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org. Thanks for listening. 